This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. It's easy to get started. Visit westernsouthern.com. Now batting, number one in our hearts. At least he'd like to think so. It's the Jim Day Podcast. All right, welcome into the Jim Day Podcast once again, everyone. Thanks for checking us out. And uh, look who we've wrangled into the podcast today. It took a no-hitter for this to happen, which is beautiful. We love that. It's Wade Wiley. Wade, how you doing? Doing good, Jim. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm fantastic. Uh, I know you are uh, probably, man, you've been worn out by all this. You're a guy that doesn't necessarily like attention publicly put upon yourself, but uh, this was heaped upon you, and uh, we appreciate you coming on to share some stories with the fans. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, I, I do love to fly under the radar, but I guess I kind of screwed that up for myself. But it's, uh, it's, I'm enjoying it. It's cool. It's fun. So make the best of the situation. Is it uh... – has it worn you out at all? I mean, just the the attention and all the extra interviews you've had to do and stuff. Um, it, it hasn't been all that bad. It's you, you know what, like it's, it's more cool. It, it was cool to to all the people that's reached out to me from my childhood friends to teammates I've had, and then the interviews. It's it's been fun. It's I'm ready. Am I ready to move on from it? Yeah, probably in a way. Ready to get to my next start? Yes. But at the same time, it's something obviously. I'll remember for the rest of my life. And um, I mean, it was definitely the, one of the coolest experiences of my life. Well, it's something that Reds fans will remember forever. That's for sure. Uh, there wasn't really a moment besides a couple hard hit balls where you're like, wow, is he going to get this? A lot of guys will struggle through an inning, but that was as dominant as a performance that I've ever seen. It looked easy. Obviously it was not for you, right? No, it's never easy. It's never easy to go out there, especially um, I mean, I, I don't throw hard. I mean, I have to be pretty, uh, not necessarily precise. I have less room for error, a lot less room for error when I'm, um, when I'm pitching, I feel like in today's game. But, um, like I said, I, I keep giving so much credit to Tucker Bornhart. Like he stayed with me the whole entire game. He, we, you know, without really having much of a game plan going in, I was using more of the information I got from the, I'd faced him a couple weeks earlier. And, um, yeah, just like a lot of credit to Tucker for, He's throwing like he's throwing the right number down, you know, throwing the right 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 pitch down, and like me believing in it, and then being able to execute it early on, and it just got into a rhythm, and it was uh, defense made every play possible. Tucker said his heart rate was about 180 beats per minute in the ninth. Was it that way for you? It, it really wasn't, and I, honestly, it wasn't. Like I got a little when I got the most nervous was because it was nothing, nothing going when I finished the eighth, right. and obviously I knew there hadn't been any hits. But it's nothing, nothing. So in my mind, I'm just more thinking like I might throw a no hitter without winning a game. Like I'm not sure yet. Like, <laughs> like it kind of it, in a way like ease pressure. But when we scored that that first run, I kind of felt my heart jump a little bit. Like holy cow, this this is this is this has got a chance to happen. And uh, but then after that, I just I don't know. Walking out to the mound, I, I can remember like trying to do the same thing I had been doing the last couple innings before, like the way I laid my jacket down, like ridiculousness, like stuff I don't do. And I, I was like, it was out of control. And I, and I just walk, I'm walking to the dugout. I mean, walking to the field. And I just remember thinking to myself, this is either going to happen or it ain't like whatever. And just kind of went out there from that. And it happened. So you're not superstitious, but you found yourself doing superstitious type things. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm not superstitious, but like, in the dugout, like I don't like normally necessarily worry about what I like. I don't try to repeat what I'm doing in between each inning based on the results I got. You know what I mean? I'll do the yeah. same thing throughout the day leading up to a start, or if things are working, I, I definitely 
I mean, I'm a big Bull Durham fan. Like, you don't mess with something. You know, don't, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, <laughs> yeah. no doubt. But, uh, like, I, yeah, I caught myself in the dugout. It was like, it was ridiculous. I'm like, I'm trying to like, hold my jacket the same way and wipe my <laughs> face off the same way. I'm like, Jesus, wait, what are you doing? I love it. Tucker said that he went to the restroom in the ninth. And realized about halfway through, what am I doing? I think I just ruined a no hitter for Wade Miley. <laughs> yeah, I got a funny one too. In the ninth, that was a long ninth inning, and uh, Tyler Stevenson, who I have a really good relationship with, great kid, love him. He'd been warming me up, you know, the, the innings in between innings when Tucker had hit or something. And in the ninth, we had that long inning going, and I'm sitting down there in the dugout, like, like I feel myself getting tight. I'm like, I need to go throw. Like, I need to go do something. And then a part of me is like, ah, you can't move. And then I was like, I got to a point where I got to go throw. So I ran downstairs, and I and I yelled for Ro- Rolando. I was like, Rolando, you got a glove. And Stevenson just so happened to be in there using the restroom. And when he walked out, he grabbed his catcher's mitt. And, you know, and we start throwing. Like I can see in his face, he's so scared. And I left. <laughs> I'm trying to talk to him. I'm like, Steve, we just got to get three more outs. And he won't even make eye contact with me. He won't look at me at all. Like I'm flipping balls to him in his corner in the hallway. And, he, and then after the game, it all happened. He's like, that you don't know how scared you made me, like making me play catch with you right there, and just like talking, and like he didn't want he didn't want to mess it up. It was it, that that was funny. That made me laugh. Um, <laughs> that is funny. Uh, they, <laughs> players were your your teammates were talking about Sonny Gray choreographing where guys sit between innings and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? Sonny's always coming down talking to me and stuff. Like he'll come down and pat me on the back or say stuff to me or. Like I didn't see, I didn't see him at all. I seen him in the, like his top step, never moved from there. And, and like he, he got a little weird. He said he said throughout the game, he was like kind of peek back at me to see if I was looking, and then he'd look at me to see if I was okay when I wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah, they had me rolling after after it all happened. We went back to the hotel. We kind of sat in the room. And we were just talking about it and some of the stories. It was hilarious. Like what people were thinking about. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the fun parts is that your teammates said that. Uh, you you went back after the game and everyone had their own perspective of the no hitter and where they were and what they were doing and weren't doing and how superstitious they were. Uh, right. I mean, that was, that obviously makes it a very special night, but you said that what sixth inning people started scattering. Cause you, you like to talk. I know. Yeah. I felt them moving away from here. I felt people, I felt people not giving me as many high fives when I came off. And I, I mean, I felt that there was one, Jesse Winker, it was hilarious. He's DH and like Winks, I we I think we're a little bit alike when it comes to like we're kind of like scatter brains all over the place. And he's in there talking to everybody DH. And well, he was giving me a high five after every inning, from the first inning to the seventh inning. Well, then in the eighth inning, he didn't give me my high five. Like right right when I come down the steps, and I'm thinking about that. I'm like, oh no, wait, I wasn't gonna make a big deal out of it. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching him pace back and forth, and then like he kind of like he must have thought about it because he awkwardly like kind of walked over there like faced away and he stuck his hand out and I slapped it and then then he went on about his way but we got the high five in so like there's weird stuff happens in those moments and like you start thinking about it and, like I'm start thinking like in the eighth inning I'm like what am I going to say if this happens like like what do I talk about like and then, and then I'm like shut up wait stop thinking about that you got to get out like <laughs> all these stupid thoughts start entering your mind and um but it all worked out well i we interviewed kyle farmer uh after the game or might have been the next day and i said to him well i know you guys weren't talking to wade and he's like well let me correct you because wade never shuts up he wouldn't let us not talk to him yeah i was i was trying to talk as much as i could that keeps my mind off of it and like just just keeps my mind off of pitching not just so much because i had a no hitter just in any game i'm always trying to talk always trying to like Ask hitters about their bat, or tell hitters, or you know, you, like just pick their brains. Just, and it, it's really what it's doing is helping me not think about the inning before or the inning I got to go out. I don't like thinking about it until I cross the white line and get in the moment. Yeah, well, Barnhart said he was forced to talk. You, you forced him to talk to him. He didn't want to talk to you. He didn't. It, <laughs> yeah, they giving me thinking like one word answers and stuff, and like no conversation, <laughs> just like, like real quick. Like, hey, what do you think about that last? Yep, good. And then look uh, look the other way. Just, uh, stuff like that. <laughs> the overwhelming show of support you got from your your teammates. I've seen a lot of scenes in baseball, including no hitters, but I, I'm not sure I've ever seen universal like their teammates seemed more happy than you were 
and they talk about how special of a teammate you are. How much does that mean to you in hindsight now that, you know, all this it means everything to, to me. It means the world to me. It means, I mean, when I sat in after this, I was fortunate enough when I got, when I got to, um, to the big leagues in 2011, I was surrounded by a group of guys, JJ puts Joe Saunders, Ian Kennedy, um, Micah Owens, just, just super veteran Aaron Hill, Johnny McDonald. I don't want to leave anybody out, but the veteran guys, it's, it's like they taught me how to be a professional and how they carried themselves in the clubhouse. And it, and it really helped me like right then and there at an early age, like learn what it, it, it's, it's, it's about baseball. It's about playing the game and winning the game, but it, it's more than that. It's about being a good human being and, and trying to make others around you better. And, and I've always tried to take pride in doing that and, and just being a nice guy. If somebody needs to talk, be there to talk, whether I got the answer or not, just, just fake it till you make it, you know, like yeah. make them believe in themselves. And, and I've always tried to do that. And um, there's been times in my career where I've needed people to pick me up and they have, and they've been there for me. And, I, and um, this is a special team, special group of guys. And I feel like we made some big strides last year with the clubhouse and, and, just, just helping people be better human beings. And I think that leads to be, being a better teammate and a, and a better baseball player. And I relieve stress, you know. You don't have to think so much about this game we play. It's a, it's a game of failure. Like, everybody fails so much in this game. We get caught up in that. And, and it, it's hard, you know. The talent's there. The, the talent's there all throughout baseball, minor leagues, big leagues. And I, I just think – I think we get so caught up in the failures of this game. And I just try to keep things loose and – um just be a good guy, you know, as, as, as best I can. And it really made me proud the way they embraced me after that all went down. And, um, you know, it, it was a very special and very cool moment. Yeah, the game is, is hard enough, and it's such a grind, and it's so long. It's uh, it's such a, a marathon as opposed to other sports that you got to have lighter moments. I, I, I applaud you for that. I, I think more younger players need to uh, – just not stress so much. There's already so right. much stress in society. Right. And, 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 and it's, it's, that's why I'm so, not that I'm anti social media and anti, like, it's not, it's like all these guys that are on social media. I, I had Twitter a long time ago when I'm in, and like you read, you read these things and they, these fans and, and sometimes they get, there's some negative comments and, and it, it's hard not to read them, you know, and you take those things, and you're like, oh my God, I got to be better. So this random person doesn't bash me. That, that stuff doesn't matter. That's their opinion. Like, they're good at their job. We're good at our job. Like, that's why we're doing it. And and that, I don't know, that stuff just, like, it would, it would get to me and it would bother me. And that's finally when I was like, you know what, I'm done with social media. I'll never, like, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. And um, and I think some of these young guys, the pressure that they put on themselves because of what someone else thinks about them, is, is it's tough. Like, you just, just go be you. And And I feel like I try to do that every day. Yeah, a lot of I see a lot of players running to their phone and seeing what people have to say when it used to be the only thing that mattered was those 25 guys in the clubhouse. That's really the only right. opinion that mattered. Right. That exactly right. And and just and it's it's not necessarily like social social media to me is not necessarily a bad thing because like the marketing and then like getting yourself out there but there's just, there's a lot of negative that comes with it as well and and that's where I just try to shy away from the negativity as much as I can because in any work from whatever you're doing in life, you're going to have some good days and you're going to have some bad days. Yeah. And unfortunately as a baseball player, as any athlete, when we have a bad day, it's a little more magnified and more people see it and, uh, and people get opinionated. So, uh, and, and it's their opinion, no doubt, but at the same time, it's getting, stuff's hard enough, you know? So, uh, no yeah. need to make it any harder by treating and all that stuff. You did an amazing thing other than throw a no-hitter, and that is getting David Bell to let his guard down. He is so calculated, so even-keeled, at times so monotone, and even David Bell got caught up in the moment afterwards in the interview. He was rambling on and on about how proud he was of you and that and how cool it was. I mean, you got David Bell to let his guard down. Congratulations. Yeah, I, had to, I had to wait like four extra minutes. For my, before I went into the interview because he was taking too long and that's never happened. Like he's normally in and out of there, right? Like like both of us, we try to get in and out pretty quick. And I had to wait for David. I'm like, Dad Gum. And at the time, I hadn't, I didn't know what he was saying or know what he had said or anything like that. But uh, just blessed to be able to you know work with him. He's a, he's a great human being, and I know he had a, the, the beginning, the tough with Mike and all yeah. that. And I was fortunate enough to know Mike well and and, and play for Mike and um, 
and just just very good just a great family just a, yeah the bell family is just is just amazing people and uh the the genuine care they have that mike has that david has for for players that they coach it's it's more than baseball and being successful it's just they, i really feel the love that they have for us and and, that, and that's awesome you know it's, it's it's hard to replace that yeah and uh you know he's i've noticed a difference in david and it's 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 natural it, it's uh, it's been a horrible time for their family and he's at the same time having to deal with being a major league manager which is not easy and it's it's even harder nowadays i think so just to give him some joy that night it was just great to see how happy he was so oh, it's, it's it's beautiful i tell david all the time win lose or nothing I, we got this thing kind of between me and him it's like david we're just fishing we're just out here, we're just out here fishing buddy like we're, you're gonna win you're gonna lose let's just try to enjoy this moment as much as we can you know give it all you have at the end of the day we're gonna give it everything we have i am individually as a, every time i cross the line and i feel like by doing that other people feed off of it and then and then the team starts molding together and um but at the end of the day we're playing a game uh we're very fortunate to do what we do and um yeah it's just it's super fun to be a part of this this ball club now, we are recording this, ladies and gentlemen, on Thursday. So this is before you're following the start following the no-hitter. So uh, I I got to ask you, is your, your chest still hurting? You said that Barnhart linebackered you. He got, got me good. He got me good. I think I'm all recovered. I know I was supposed to pitch yesterday in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It ran out, you know, got me a couple extra days. And I was, uh, I was standing, not, nothing to do with my chest from, from Tuck hitting me. Or anything like that, but I was playing catching the outfield yesterday. I'm like, oof! I don't know if I could have pitched today. I'm still banged up, but uh, I feel better today, and hopefully tomorrow we can get back out there and uh, hopefully give the boys a chance. It looked like Tuck was like caught in between. He didn't know if he should jump in your arms, whether he should not, and then he just had so much momentum going, and it just he just crashed into you. He just he, yeah, he did. He did. It was awesome. I wouldn't replace that. That was it's a cool moment for me and Tuck and. uh I'm happy it was with him. You know, I'm happy. Could have been with, Eric, you know, Eric Kratz. I think about, I think about some of the bigger catchers I've thrown to. Eric Kratz would have pancaked me right there on the spot. I'd have been down. <laughs> he would have been out. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Kratz, a guy. We made a text me that night, and uh, I was thinking about that. I was like, hey, I can imagine throwing one to him. He'd have killed me. <laughs> but, no, Doug packs a pretty good punch. I'll tell you that. I got to give him credit. He got me pretty good. Uh, he had said that you guys have so much chemistry that there are times that he doesn't even have to put a sign down. You just it, it, it's it's been wild. You know, last year, weird year, um, the COVID, and then I, I just couldn't shake the injuries and, and feel great, and we never really got on the same page. But just, I think last year was huge for me and Tuck because just the times we did work together, he kind of seen how I like to pitch and what I like to do. I just wasn't executing, and um, and this year, moving into this year, working with him in spring and then into the season. And uh, it, it is really fun. Like the way we the way we call a game together has been outstanding. Um, sometimes we'll, we'll make some pitches throughout a game or throughout an inning, and then in between innings, he'll ask me why, and I'm for the most part I have a, a pretty good reason. Then he'll tell me, "Look, well, I've seen this," and then then I understand. You know, like we're working yeah. together, we're reading things, looking at things, and I, I'm developing a trust. I, I'm trusting him and what he's seeing. So it's uh, it's it's really it's really cool. Now there's been a lot made, and 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 rightly so. I, I love the fact that your son Jeb Boone Miley is getting so much pub, because when you think of baseball, you think of father son, you think of father daughter, you think of mom son, mom daughter. Um, this Hulk tattoo is 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 it's a life of its own right now. Right. And can you just take us through your your son put the tattoo on you in Cincinnati before you left for the trip, right? Yeah, so first and foremost, my family is unbelievable. Like the, the, the sacrifices my wife has made for me and doing what I do and, and, and being able to, you know, travel around. And she kind of put on her life on hold 10 years ago, 11 years ago for me. And uh, I, I got to thank her for, for that support and everything. But, yeah, getting to my son, we're blessed to have a little four-year-old boy who's just full of energy, has no idea what dad just accomplished or – what we has no clue. All he knows is I gave him a shout out on TV talking about the Hulk, and uh, Heck yeah, he's so pumped about that. He's actually been the last four or five days. 
he's been like going through these it's it, th- th- these tattoos i've learned i didn't even know this until after all this happened they come in like these little cookie packs these avenger cookie packs so like, i put him on a mission the next night for me and sonny sonny's gonna be thor and i said buddy i need some more hulk tattoos so he's just been crushing these cookies to try to get tattoos out of them <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea about a no like he doesn't understand it quite yet, but he understands the fact that he needs to get us tattoos, and, and that's his mission right now. And I, I literally just talked to him this morning, and he, uh, he's like, Dad, I found some, I found some more Hulk tattoos. I'm like, great, buddy, great. <laughs> so is this going to become a thing on the team? You think these guys are going to be wearing them for you or what? I don't know. I don't know. I know Hoffman said he's going to get the real Hulk tattoo tatted on him somewhere. I don't, I don't know. Really? We'll see. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I want to, but I'm just, the I'm scared. I'm, the needle thing freaks me out. So you were very public about that, about uh, saying you're scared of needles. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like needles. I don't like the hardest part of me in my baseball career is spring training when we got to give blood. That's that's once I get through that, I'm good to go. So, so you're good standing on a major league mound against the best hitters in the world with in a yep. game of failure, but taking blood is just. <laughs> A lot of sweat coming down my face that morning <laughs> headed to do the physical. <laughs> so there's no chance of a permanent Hulk tattoo. Right now in this moment, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> so why Thor for Sonny Gray? I, I, that's what Jeb picked out. Jeb, Sonny was FaceTiming Jeb the other day. He was by me and, and, and uh, Sonny asked him, which one should I wear? And Jeb came up with Thor. So we'll see. No. We will see. Will a Thor tattoo get in the hands of Sonny, or is it already gotten in the hands of Sonny? It's not not yet. I, mean, I guess it's going to have to be when we get back home. But I don't know if Sonny will wear it or not. I don't know if that was a one one that night thing. We we're just goofing off. But Jeb Jeb took. I know Jeb took it serious. So yeah, Jeb's been on a mission to find him. Wow, what a lifetime of stories that your son's going to have over this. When you guys play, he's normally Batman, right? Is that Bat- well, he's he's all the cool ones. So Batman. Um, cool. Spider Man, Superman. Um, every now and again, he'll let me be Captain America, but I mean, that, that's that's a stretch to ask him to be Captain. You know, that's a, that's a tough one. Well, Batman's the coolest superhero on earth. Let, let's yeah. face it. I'm a, I'm a he's, huge, he's always running around in Batman shirts. And, I'm a huge Batman guy, so I love that. But you became the Hawk, and you said, you know, I don't know why, because I don't have any muscles to. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not the most I'm not the most physically fit human being. Like I get looked at like how do you play baseball? I get I get that look all the time. But uh All right, here we are Thursday. This is the day before your next start. How is the Hulk tattoo? Is it visible? It's hanging by a thread. I mean it looks like it's finally starting to come. I actually put alcohol on it the day before like the the morning of my start when we got to Cleveland, I put some of the blue tape remover on it trying to get it off because I was I was I wasn't gonna I was having second thoughts about it, you know, and it, it wouldn't come off. I mean, these, these tattoos are high quality. This it's is a, fate. It's fate the, that that thing stuck on there. These are the most high quality uh, fake tattoos I've ever seen. I know the ones when I was a kid, they was gone that night. Yes, no doubt. Almost, they almost were. two weeks with this thing, yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. But he, he wanted to, uh, you wanted to put it on your shoulder, right? Yeah, so I wanted to yeah, put it on my shoulder because it wouldn't be seen. And then he said on the back of my hand or right there. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't want it on the back of my hand. And uh, we, went on the, we went on the forearm. Yeah, the ump might have made you take it off if it was on the back of your hand. I know, right? <laughs> Who knows? Oh, that's, that's, that's just beautiful. I just love the, I love the whole story about it. I love uh, including your son. I, I love uh, the stories of the teammates. I love the teammates rallying around it. Uh, who knows what we're going to see going forward? And if Hoffman gets a permanent Hawk tattoo, look, at, look out! I, I mean, that, that's <laughs> yeah, look out! That'll be unbelievable. When, yep. when you guys got together that night and everyone had different perspectives, was there ones that, that uh, I know you told me about Tyler Stevenson? And you're like, wow, I just I can't believe how polarizing a moment this was. Well, there was one story that I don't know if I should say this or not. Um, Go on with it. If it's bad, I'll edit it out. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's it's more like, I guess, my mentality and how like I'm just I'm out here just having a good time. Uh, I was warming up before the game, 
two stories, two things in mind. Um, I'm warming up before the game, and I guess when I'm out there, they're they're saying um, my career stats in Cleveland. I'm, I'm five or six pitches into my bullpen before the game, and I hear him say I'm like one and four with like a five or something, and I just stopped and I looked at Tucker. I said, like, hey, dude, I'm due. I'm due for a good one out here in Cleveland. And uh, obviously what happened. But then after we get done with the bullpen, Carl Willis was my pitching coach in um, – in Boston, toward the end of the year in Boston. And just, I've kept in contact with Carl. Really, really appreciate what he's done. Helped me out a lot. And uh, we're going down, and Plesak's finishing up. So Plesak's walking out, and then Carl's walking out, Rene Rivera, Sandy Alomar. And I just kind of stopped and let them go first out of respect, let them go ahead and get out the way. And, and I, I don't know, I, I said something to Plesak, like, good luck, man. You know, go ahead, do your thing. Um, I, I knuckled Carl, knuckled Rene and, and Sandy. You know, and then, then I'm walking down behind, and they're high-fiving a couple of their guys down toward the bottom. And I'm right behind them, so, hell, I went ahead and high-fived them, too. <laughs> <laughs> One guy pulled his hand down. One guy pulled his hand down like he didn't want to high-five me, and then the other guy high-fived me, and the other guy high-fived me. I'm like, I'll take luck anywhere I can get it, you know? And uh, the hooker's watching this happen. He's laughing. DJ's laughing behind me. Like, just stupid stuff. Like, I don't, I don't think about it. I don't know. It's just, just how I am, I guess. I'm, that I'm is vibing. great. Well, you've probably done a lot of things like that in your career, but the, the, this night you throw a no-hitter, so everything kind of is magnified yeah, and stands it's out. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, it's, it's just bizarre. Like, I don't know. Some, a few weird things happen. We didn't do a pitcher, but obviously y'all know Tug said I would normally have pitchers and catchers meeting. We didn't have none. I'm not sure why, just with the rain delay and just like, not exactly sure when we're going to pitch or when, if we're going to play. I'm running around screaming, hey, hey guys, they banged it. We can go home. We're going to play two tomorrow. Just pissing everybody off. Lustock is like, you say that one more time, I'm, I'm going home. I'm not playing tonight. You do that all the time, though, right, when it's raining? I do it all, I, I do it all the time. They hate it. you know. But get some guys laughing, get some tensions flaring in there. We threw together a, uh, a high card game. I was just bored. I'm like, everybody put up 40 bucks, get a high card. I think Heath Hembry picked the first card. It was Ace of Spades, so it wasn't that good of a game because he won right out of the way, right out of the gate. But just trying to have something to do. You're yeah. piled up at the clubhouse. It's, you're not sure what's going to happen. Just, just goofing off. Yeah, not only did you not have that pitcher's meeting, Tucker forgot the scouting card that he normally yeah, refers to during the game and never went back to get it. No, he he said things were rolling good, so he's like, I'm, I'm going to leave it up there. <laughs> That's as old school as it gets right there. Yep. No, no, like, analytical pitcher's meeting. No scouting card. Just feel, put the signs down, and let you deal. Let's go. That's it. <laughs> and we had just faced them not too long before, so I had a pretty good idea of, like, kind of what I wanted to do and the adjustments I wanted to make. I know I threw a lot more fastballs going into that start because of the previous start. Um, so, I mean, we, we knew the adjustments we were going to make. We just didn't necessarily use the car. And I pick on Christian Perez, who was a big part of putting that stuff together for us all the time. All right, buddy, I don't, need, I don't, I don't need you to, you know, make me a card anymore, pal. Thanks for the hard work you do, but. And, <laughs> He gets so mad. I'm not even making it. You don't even look at it. But I actually do. I do. I do use a lot of the stuff that yeah that um, Christian comes up with, and um, Bo and Gary and those guys. So um, they're a very, very big part of of this as well. My goodness, how cool of a guy is Wade Miley? We'll have more with Wade after this message from our sponsor, Western and Southern Financial Group. Life is full of questions, like. When should I start thinking about life insurance? But however difficult these questions may be, Western and Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western and Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Compensated endorser, products issued by member companies of Western Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, no, it was obvious that everyone <clears throat> Felt like they had a part of it. And, and baseball's a team game, man. You can't do it without Tucker. The, the plays the guys made in the field. Farmer on that the ball that um, I think Reyes hit was like a yeah. screaming knuckler. 
he tackled it. It was great. It was yeah. hilarious. We were like, what are you, a linebacker? Bro? He literally tackled the ball. It was... <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of ground balls, and, and uh, there wasn't a spectacular play made, but that ball right there, that was underrated, that play that he made on that ball. 100%. 100%. Uh, People don't really like They think it's yeah. just a line drive hit at him. Right. When, when the ball is knuckling like that and you're a shortstop, you're not sure if it's going to bounce or not. There's a lot of difficulty to that play that uh, that goes unnoticed. Absolutely. Speaking of Farmer, he says that he tells you often that he has a 1,000 on-base percentage against you. Is this true? I think I hit him, to be honest with you. You walked uh, him and hit him, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think well, it's I not like he got two hits off of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he used to let me know that a lot. And, I, um, and then he um, I faced him a couple lives in spring, and I think he I think he – we hit a few few balls pretty hard, but we never call them. I, I don't call them hits because we had no defenders, and I don't know where the shift would have been playing him. There you so go. I, I can't. I can't say he's gotten a hit off me yet. He'll say otherwise. <laughs> of course he will. <laughs> Did you keep anything from that from the no hitter? Um, any memorabilia uh, that you got? I think I have my. I have my jersey. Um, I'm pretty certain I have my jersey. Um. Only thing I think I gave away was was my the hat. I think I got everything back except the hat. Who'd you get that to? I think the Hall of Fame had asked for that. Um, National Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So we can't really not give something to them. You know, if you get the opportunity to have something, and I'm fortunate enough, I made a start in uh, Australia in 2014. So they um, they took my stuff then to the Hall of Fame. Wow, that's cool though that you got something in the Hall of Fame. I mean, right? I mean, how many people get to, you can say that? So not very many. So right. what about the last ball, the the last out? Moose gave it to me, but I don't know. The last the last person that had it that I that I know that had it would be Rob, sure, because he had my jacket, my glove, and the ball in it. And then when I mean everything was such a blur after that. I'm sure somebody has it somewhere. I just, uh, I'm not sure. I haven't. Ah, maybe they're going to do something special with it. For maybe, you. maybe so. Maybe so. Let's hope so. All right. You're from, uh, how do you pronounce your hometown by the name? LaRanger? LaRanger, La Louisiana. LaRanger, Louisiana. Yes. yes, sir. Population, what, about 5,000, something like that? I think now, I think now there's about five to 7,000 people there after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, we got a lot of people moved from the South Shore to the North Shore, and um, there's there's subdivisions everywhere now. I actually, uh, me and my wife, we moved to uh, Husker, Louisiana, like one little town up, and um, we we avoid we avoid some of the uh, the um, people. I think in Husser, it's funny. I was telling somebody the other day, there's population like 75 people. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so you don't like the hustle bustle of a city. I was reading your first something about your first trip to New York City. Oh, I didn't leave my room. I still don't. I mean, it's ten years later and I don't leave my room. Like I go from the bus, I go bus to the uh, to the ballpark, or if we play golf, I'll hop in a car and, and go play golf somewhere. But that's that's, that's about as far as I I go in the uh, great state of New York. In the story, it said you got about. 10 minutes out of the hotel and he, I think you went to Times Square and you just turned around and went back. Yeah, I did. Me and Paul Goldschmidt, I'll never forget. We walked out, we were staying at the Westin and Times Square and um, we went walking around. One time we went, my wife and his wife were there and we, we went to the Twin Tower or where the Twin Towers were at. So I, I did do that later on but the first time we got there in 2012, um, it, it was, I don't even know if it was 10 minutes. It was quick. There was a McDonald's and there was like three levels of a McDonald's and people flow. I said, I got to go back. The same for me. I got to get out of here. I got to go back. You had a I've never seen a yeah. three deck a... McDonald's. <laughs> I'm out. You had a quote about the the crosswalks where people are walking, they don't even care, and they're just it's bedlam going everywhere. When we got in the first time I ever went in here. We got in at like two o'clock in the morning, and there was like a hour and a half traffic delay i'm like it's two o'clock in the morning people y'all sleep yeah usually you know we're there on, on a typical uh series three or four days three nights whatever 
and I'm ready to leave. I, I mean, I love visiting there, and I, but I, if if I had to live there, I, I'm not sure I could do it. I'm, right. It's tough. It's, it, I mean, I have learned over the years, like, it's just like anywhere. The cities are the cities, but like 30 minutes right outside, 20 minutes right outside, and it's pretty, it's pretty rural, pretty, pretty cool. But um, like first getting there, my first time ever going there, and I'm just thinking New York is all like that, and I was freaked out. But it's pretty normal. Um, yeah, I can't spend overly too much time in that city. <laughs> I'm with you. Too many, too many people. Just so many people. Uh, you had mentioned putts, and you had mentioned your time with the Diamondbacks. Um, I was reading something that they used to play words with Wade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Does that bring yeah, back some memories? To, they used to have some fun with me for sure. They definitely had some fun with me. I, I mean, I now, feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sm- I think I'm pretty smart. They, they didn't think so as much. They, they, they tried to educate me, uh, yeah, they they think you're from the you know you had a quote that says they think I'm some backwoods dummy, but I'm pretty right. smart. Yeah, I'm not as not as dumb as they gave me credit for. But I would always I'm a big Jeff Foxworthy fan, Larry the Cable Guy, those guys. They come up yeah. with these crazy. And I remember he said how to how to pronounce mayonnaise or something like that, and I can remember saying like mayonnaise. A lot of people in here and uh, JJ put just loved it. So that kind of started the whole words with way thing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. They would they'd give you a word, and you'd be required to spell it and then define it in a sentence. Yep. Use it in a sentence, right? That, that's it. That's exactly right. Now, one of the words they said was schadenfreude. Oh, that was the last one I think I ever did. I I, I don't know. I still don't know what it means. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a I German word know. meaning finding pleasure from the misfortune of others. That's I do. I remember this now like yesterday. That's exactly right. They used the word to pick on me. While I'm trying to explain it, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Shot and Friday. I do remember that. Josh Coleman. Josh Coleman is the one who said the definition. <laughs> yep. Is sure there is. any that you didn't know? I mean, I had to, I didn't know what that word. I don't even know if I pronounced it right. I had to look it up. What it is? Shot and Friday or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they gave me some pretty easy ones to start, and but the finisher that I, I think I, if I remember correctly, that was the last one they gave me, and. uh I kind of graduated from from their school of learning that they had set up for me. <laughs> now that you're the wily veteran, do you find yourself? Uh, you they say you talk, you're a prankster, you like to have fun. Do you find yourself doing that to other teammates? Not not that particular game, but just anything like that. I have a good time with some of the guys. Uh, nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. I don't think no, nothing. No more than what was done to me. Just good, clean fun. I never try. I try never to put anybody and make them like uncomfortable, especially in the world yeah. we live in today. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a fine line on what you can and can't do. But right. um, I felt like I was always treated with respect from day one in mm-hmm. the big leagues, even though guys had some fun with me and you know did a few things. But I always felt like it was good, clean fun, and and meant to help me you know, just get comfortable. And right. that that's all, that's all I try to do with guys. Just to try to make them feel like loosen them up. There's some young guys come in and they're so uptight. They don't know what to say, what to do, how to act. And and I think a good old joke or, or a good old prank just, just helps guys open up a little bit. And um, I know it did for me. It helped me out a lot and makes guys feel, it felt like they embraced me. And, uh, and in turn, I feel like you play better and perform at, at a higher level. So, um, uh, that's my thought behind all of that. It seems like a lot of guys go to you for advice, and you're not afraid to tell them what they might not want to hear. I, am I reading yeah. that correctly? Yeah, I think the truth is uh, the truth is very valuable. Um, and then, like in serious situations, some guy that comes and asks me about how they're acting or, or what they think um, they should do, I can throw throw a thing out with with Jesse Winker. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Last year, I mean, I'm not even pitching, so it's, I'm, I was hurt. I was on the DL, and there was some controversy about how he was staring at people and how he was like causing. And, he, and I, there was no like intent for for him to like start anything with God. That's just ha- kind of how he was or what he was doing. And he, and I remember him asking me like, "You have a problem with that?" And I was like, "I'm gonna be honest with you, Jesse. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't personally like it. Like, it would frustrate me a little bit. And the information I wanted to get over to him was like." it makes me want to get you out that much more. So why would you do that? 
And I think he really took that to heart. And he's, he's thanked me since then because it doesn't make, it doesn't make much sense to like create like tension with somebody, especially opposing pitcher. Like in no way did, that, did he feel that he was showing anybody up, but guys are going to take it that way. Yeah. And in turn, now that puts a target on your back. And now every time I face you for the rest of my career, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to go even more to try to, to, to try to embarrass you, to try to get you out. You know what I mean? To try right. to, and, and I said, don't do that, Jess. Like, just like, just dominate. This. You're an unbelievable hitter. You're a great baseball player. Just do do that. Like, let that do the talking for you. And um, I've noticed a difference this year. Um, the way he's um, – uh, he, he can hit always. Like, yeah. I didn't help him in any department of that. Like, the man could flat out hit. But um, he's been a little bit less – I don't even know the word to use. Um, cocky, I guess, maybe. Yeah, no, at at times the body language says a lot, and he had some body language that was... Right. I mean, beyond talking, just body language as well. Just body language, right. He wasn't talking to nobody. that He would stare at people. He would tell me I'm staring through, like, past them. I'm not even looking at them. But they felt that I had ex-teammates like, what what in the hell is wrong with this guy? What's what's he doing? And I I, I didn't approach him. I was not going to approach him and and say anything to him about it. But when he approached me and asked me... I wasn't going to lie to him and say, no, dude, just keep doing what you're doing. I, I, I just, I thought it, I feel like it's important to be honest with people. Yeah. No, I've and, seen a uh, lot of growth in Winker this year in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, you can call it growth, maturity, whatever you want to, however you want to label it. But right there, there has been a difference. Mm-hmm. Be who you are, be, be, be your personality, but do it in a respectful way. If there's one thing I can pass along is, is the way I was taught the game and the way I love the game is, respect the game of baseball and respect your opponent. I feel like we've kind of like the whole respect your opponent thing has gotten a little loose here over the last four or five years with the right. let the kids play and all that stuff. Like if you want to flip your bat and tip over, that, that that's fine. If the excitement for your team, that's fine. But like when you start disrespecting the opponent, the other team, I, I have a little bit of a problem with that. And the same thing with like, if somebody did it to us, like that, it's, it's uncalled for in this game, and that's not why we play this game, to disrespect guys, because we're all out here. At the grand scheme of things, we're one big family, all 30 teams. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a big family that, that is entertaining people. And um, and I just think this game, um, it's, it's beautiful, and there's yeah. no need to disrespect it And um, by doing some, some things that we uh, sometimes do. Yeah, and in that same regard, and I'm not talking about disrespecting the game, I'm not playing off of that, but – I see people digging in harder against Amir at times, kind of what you said of, absolutely, I really want to get a hit off of this guy. Absolutely. And, and, and talking to Amir and I haven't never had a conversation with Amir about that other than in spring training with the, he was, he was rocking the baby. And I'm like, like, if you want to rock the baby, rock the baby, but like, just know if, if somebody gets you like, like you got to, you got to, you got to take it, and, and he's good at that. He's fine yeah. with that. Oh, he's very good at taking it. No doubt about that. Yeah, no doubt. He he handles it well. But uh, I just, for me, I just don't think there's any reason why I want to, I want a hitter trying to hit me any like you know, give him any more motivation. Yeah, I, I that just doesn't make sense. I'm trying to be successful and and be the best version of myself. So why would I want to um to piss a guy off where he where he has any extra incentive to do anything? more you know lock him in yeah. more I, my grandpa when i was a kid said don't kick a dead dog and 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 i've kind of lived by that like if i could just ease in and ease out I, i'm good with that yeah who uh who do you hang with on the team i know sonny you hang with um i would probably tough to say. i try to i try to keep a balance with everybody but closer away from the field my golfing buddies tuck sonny moose uh fulmer um we we spend the most time together because we play golf and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I feel like I have pretty good relationships with just about everybody on the team and um, can can kind of say what we want and have a good time without people taking it personal. Yeah. But Sonny Gray is somebody who I took a liking to last year, even before last year. I followed his career from when I was in Double A, um, when he was at Vanderbilt. Just um, not so happened to watch him pitch a couple times. Like, wow, this guy's special. And then him getting to the big leagues and then finally getting a chance to be a teammate of his and how he goes about his business. Um, he's the guy I, I talk to if I have something on my chest or if I something I need to get off my chest. He, he would be the guy that I, I go to, him or him or Bornhart, 
and um and we have good conversations and Sonny's another guy who i respect because he don't sugarcoat things either he's going he's not telling you something to make you feel better he's telling you something that's the truth and right. uh, i i respect that he's a pretty good golfer isn't he really good golfer yes indeed really is he the golfer. best in the group probably so yeah we got a pretty good group our um between me moose Sonny, and uh bornhart we uh we play some pretty good games normally me and tucker play Sonny and moose and it's uh it's pretty competitive wow are you swing at lefty golf i swing at righty i swing at righty swing at righty okay yep 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 moose he's is he lefty golfing he swings at lefty yeah moose and tucker lefty and me and Sonny play righty we got a lot of there's a we played it in spring we played a um around or we had like a little team get together we have like seven left-handed golfers on our team mike freeman moose uh ashcraft it was insane like i'm like i've never played for than one left-handed golfer at one time in my life yeah. I got eight of them. Yeah. yeah but uh we do we got some lefty golfers on our squad what you have a handicap my my handicap's my swing, but what you got a number? <laughs> I, I play right around like a like a three four. So wow, nice, yeah. very very nice. Well, they even called upon you to pinch it before, so you're kind of yeah, going on. I'm still a little bit upset about that at bat yesterday. I was just I got a little too anti two o. Uh, a little too high. <laughs> were, it was too. I was we were like turn him loose, turn him loose yeah. on two and oh. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, I feel like in that situation, like I'm, I'm going up there. I've handled the bat pretty decent throughout my career. Yeah, I was just trying not to hit a double play ball. I, was, I want to hit something in the air, sack fly or, or something like that. When I got the two zero, I might have got a little jumpy. And uh, <laughs> um, under Underwood through that thing, I felt like it rise like seven inches. Yeah, that should be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't be able to. Be, you shouldn't be able to be that damn good. Oh. Would you like to one time be able to throw like 99 miles per hour just to see what it feels oh like? Would I ever? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, just three, one count. You know what? No more cutters, no more loopy change ups. I'm here. It is 99. Hit it. Yeah. That'd be a fun time. That'd be fun. Do you think you would be as effective though? Oh, uh, no, no, I would, I would, um, I would give up a lot more home runs, give up a lot more. Cause I mean, I get it. I get it. When you throw that hard, I mean, challenge people yeah why not you challenge people there's gonna be some mistakes and i'm no i was fortunate enough to play with gary cole and justin verlander in 2019 and they give up a couple homers no doubt but they challenge guys and it is yeah. so much fun to watch oh my goodness it's fun to watch where me three oh counts i don't know when the last time i thought a three oh fastball like just i just don't do it after i i'm i'm flipping everything but at yeah. the same time that's kind of what my career kind of took back off because i never accepted that i was a, a foamer until the end of 2017 like hey man you got to learn how to pitch you just can't throw fastballs to certain locations and think you're going to blow it by people it just doesn't work like that you got to use things to set things up and uh it took me accepting it before i can you know get better well, i haven't heard that term in a while a thumber yeah, no, I'm a thumber. There ain't many, ain't many of us out there. No, there's not. I love that term. But you know, do you see in San Francisco the bullpen guys where they they put the bullpen out there? It's like almost like dead center field. They were huddled around watching you work the ball in and out, up, down. Did you notice them out there? They were marveling at the way that you pitch. I didn't at the time, but then after looking back, uh, Sal Romano had said something to me about it. They were freezing, and they, it, you, there's really nowhere to watch the game other than right there on top of the mound. And uh, I remember looking back and seeing some uh, videos. Those guys huddled up right there. It's pretty cool. Did you ever take Votto fishing, by the way? I haven't taken him fishing yet. He's got a pond by his house. Um, it's just so tough when, when we're home, the, the downtime yeah. we have. I, I, I spend with my kid. and he's, Right. He's not – he likes to fish, but he's not – he'd rather play – batman and superman at this moment so he's not dead set on running to the lake to go catch some fish so Votto Vado has a pond is it stocked well it's like a lake in his neighborhood it's like i'm oh, not exactly okay. sure i haven't seen it yet but um he said he sees people catching fish all the time he hasn't he hasn't hooked on any yet but uh we're, we're trying to get him set up where he can catch some fish oh i have a little goodness. pond behind my house and i think it's actually dick williams family property I was sneaking on there last year in the beginning, and then I, I ran into Dick, and he said it was his. So I felt I didn't have to sneak on it no more. It's a lot better that way. <laughs> Absolutely. So you've been a big fisherman your whole life. 
Yeah, I grew I grew up just in the outdoors, just yeah. anything fishing, hunting. Just I have a passion for that as well as baseball. I think it's a beautiful part about the land we have to uh, to borrow while we're here. Gosh, I'd love to see Va- you and Vado fishing. If I could only take a camera along to that, because Joey goes all in whenever he decides to do something. It's all in. He is all like he in. would have the whole fisherman gear. He would have the best rod and reel. He just likes to sit down, though. That's that's. The, the, I got to get him on his feet. Like to me, fishing is an art, just like baseball, just like hitting, just like anything. Like the bait you, you the bait you use. I mean, he wants to just throw live bait out there. I think that's a little easier, a little less complicated, kind of a little, little tricky. You know, you got a worm on the end of a hook, and this the fish is like, I want to eat that, and then he's caught. I, mean, I like using plastic bait and doing the whole technique thing. So a little different. I have a little more experience than he does, but uh, we're we're definitely going to get him. To, he's going to catch some fish before the year's over. That's for sure. please take pictures video something that you could share i I know you guys like to have your private time but that would be especially him catching a fish yeah i would like i want to see i want to be there for his reaction when one because i mean it's pretty good vibration when when a fish yeah realizes he's on a hook and he tries to get away and uh, it's, it's a pretty cool little fight and uh it's gonna be exciting for joey i hope he just doesn't let the pole go when he feels that I'm good with fishing until I have to take a catfish off the line, and then I, it's it's a problem. It's it's a problem. Yeah. Hey, I uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know you've been uh, worn out by all this, but I, I think the fans will appreciate you opening up and reliving some things that happened. And you told us some things we didn't know here today, and uh, everything I've heard that you are the ultimate teammate. You're the ultimate competitor. You're a down to earth guy. Uh, you know, I'm 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 not trying to kiss your butt here, but you everything I hear is just outstanding about you. So I, I applaud you as a human being, Wade. I, I, I really I really appreciate that. I really do. It means a lot to me, and that's um, I guess it's it's proud for me to hear that because I, that's that's what I've tried to be throughout my career. I know there's been times where I haven't, you know, done it to the best of my ability when I was struggling, but at the end of the day, I, I really try to be the same person every day. Come in. You know, get my stuff done and just, just try to be a good guy and, and be there for, for my teammates if they need me. And if they don't, that's fine, too. But um, it, it, it's fun getting to know. And I've been fortunate to be on seven teams. So I've had a lot of teammates. So um, hopefully um, hopefully, I haven't made a bad impression on too many of them. I don't think so. I haven't heard a bad word yet. So lots of luck uh, the rest of the way. And uh, Best regards to your family and uh, Jeb Boone Miley, who is now a star at four years of age. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. That is Wade Miley, everyone. Thanks for uh, checking us out. You can check me out on social media. You can scream to Wade Miley from the stand since he's not on social media. You can just scream out good things, I hope. But you can harass me on social media, at Jim Day TV on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks to Wade Miley. Thanks to you. And we'll check you out next time here on the Jim Day Podcast. See you later.